You're listening to episode 71 of the Fat-Fueled Female Podcast. Welcome to the Fat-Fueled Female Podcast. I'm your host, Marsha Chow, a holistic nutritionist, personal trainer, and proud dog mama of two. I am obsessed with helping women achieve their goals, feel confident in their skin, and become empowered health advocates. This podcast is designed to help ambitious women thrive on a low-carb, high-fat lifestyle, so tune in each week as we talk all aspects of nutrition, improving your fitness, enhancing your mindset so that you can take inspired action and live your best life, all starting from the inside out. I'm so happy to have you here. Now let's get started. Hello and welcome back to the Fat Field Female Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in and pressing play. And today we're going to talk all about gluten, what it is, why it sucks, and how removing it from your diet, removing it from your nutrition will 1000% improve your health. And in this episode, I'm going to go over three key reasons why you will want to remove it. Because a lot of people are like, yeah, gluten, it's not good. Gluten-free. So many people are gluten-free now, but a lot of people don't really understand how problematic it is on your body. So I like to use this analogy with gluten. For example, say you wanted to get in amazing shape and you're like, I'm going to start boxing. I'm going to, you know, really work on my cardiovascular fitness, my speed, my strength. I'm going to throw in a couple days of like weight training and I have to find a coach to train me because I want to be an elite athlete. I really want to, an elite athlete in your own mind. You want to be in your fe- best physical shape ever. Okay. So you're looking for a coach and say you're like, Hey, I, I'm going to find Marja as a coach, even though I'm not a boxing coach, but just go with it. And you're like, I'm going to find Marja and I'm going to talk to her and I'm going to see if she'll take me on as a client. And I'm like, okay, cool. Love that goal for you. That's so awesome. Let's just kind of give a little bit of information of like what you're doing with your nutrition. Like where is your sleep at? What are your kind of habits? And then this person says to me, well, I smoke about 10 cigarettes a day. I smoke 10 cigarettes a day, but you know, I'm not willing to quit up, quit the cigarettes, but I am committed to getting in the best physical shape of my life. I would say, well, you know what? This just isn't going to work out. This relationship's not going to work out. There's absolutely no point. If you're training five days a week and you're cleaning up the diet, you're doing all the right things, you're whatever you're you know you get what I'm saying you're doing all these right things to be physically fit okay you're taking supplements you're showing up at the gym at the boxing gym at 6 a.m and then you're doing your weight training you're also doing your you know some yoga you're doing some stretching you're doing all these things to have the best to be in the best physical shape but yeah you're smoking 10 cigarettes a day well that's not going to serve you, right? The cigarettes, all of that training is going to be ripped out underneath you. You are obviously going to get more fit, but if you're smoking 10 cigarettes, well, that's going to affect your recovery. That's going to affect your oxidative stress. That's going to affect your lung capacity. That's going to affect your premature aging. That's going to affect everything. It's just not going to be beneficial if you're smoking cigarettes to do all that training. So that's how I kind of look at gluten, okay? So it's like gluten is super problematic in the body. And, you know, when women come into the fat fuel female method, I think they already know 
like I do mention it, but they already know we're giving up gluten because we're reducing carbs for a period of time, not forever. We're reducing carbs to turn on that hybrid switch, become metabolically flexible, get your body burning fat for fuel, and then you cycle carbs in a way that works for you and your lifestyle. But with that being said, women give up gluten. And actually, surprisingly, I was on a coaching call last week and one of one of the members in the fat field team method was like, yeah, she, she's lost her pre-baby weight. She's gotten down to her pre-baby weight that couldn't, she couldn't get rid of for the last two years. To make a long story short, she actually did a carb refeed. I'm like, oh, what did you refeed with? She's like, oh, I had, I think she said pie or some kind of baked good. And I was like, oh, I'm like, I'm like, how did you feel? She's like, I felt terrible after. And I'm like, was there gluten in it? She's like, oh, yeah there was gluten in it so there's a big difference with refeeding with say you're having like a coconut coconut flour cookie or an almond flour or something like something gluten-free you're gonna feel a lot better than if you have gluten especially if I think she had removed gluten I think I want to say three-ish months so that is my analogy of gluten so if anyone wants to go into a health rebuilding protocol and they're still doing gluten I won't work with that person. I won't work with that person one-on-one. It's not like we don't have to get rid of gluten forever, but we have to remove it from the diet. And in this episode, I'm going to explain why, okay? It's like similar. That's my analogy. It's similar to smoking cigarettes. It's similar to smoking cigarettes and wanting to improve your cardiovascular fitness. If you are trying to rebuild systems and hormones and gut health and all of it in your body and you are feeding feeding yourself with gluten every single day, um, you're not going to get all the health benefits and healing opportunities as if you, as if you were to remove gluten okay I also like to use this one more metaphor because I love using metaphors with clients if you're eating gluten it's like you're trying to put out a fire in your body or you're trying to put out a fire okay but at the same time you're like kind of throwing bits of gasoline on that fire okay fire's not going to go out so those are my two metaphors smoking cigarettes and trying to get fit and trying to put out a fire but throwing gasoline on the fire at, at the same time now I've personally been gluten-free for 15-ish years I want to say that's you know I've had gluten maybe on Christmas or something in my mom's baking but you know, it's not something, it's few and far between, and it's not something that I incorporate into my nutrition at all. And, you know, it's even this Christmas coming up, 2023 Christmas, I'm not going to have gluten because the last time I ate it, I did not feel good for a couple days. So, all right. So first off, I've been talking about the GI map. And if you haven't listened to that episode, it is episode 69. And you can, I will put it in the show notes. And I talk about intestinal markers on the GI map. And in that test, we test on the intestinal markers in the GI map. I'm going to slow it down because I get super amped up. And that's one of my things. I talk really, really fast when I get super excited. And sometimes I need to slow it down so people can, you know, digest and understand what I'm saying. So on a GI map, okay, there are intestinal markers. And in those intestinal markers, we have something we call anticleatin IgA. And this shows if someone has a gluten sensitivity. So that is, a, I love the GI map because you can see so much of what is going on in someone's terrain and then with the intestinal markers we get to see you know where your sensitivities are or what we actually just test the one anti-gladin we also get to see um, if there's inflammation um, in your gut we also get to see if you are breaking down fat adequately through sciatocrit and then we also get to see also if you have enough of the elastase enzyme and that is indicative of how well the pancreas is functioning to uh, secrete enzymes to 
adequately help to digest your food. So when you think of gluten, first and foremost, when we think of gluten, you want to think of three big culprits, wheat, barley, and rye, okay? Wheat, barley and rye and I'm sorry nowadays you can get so many things gluten-free okay like you just when I when it was 15 and (laughs) excuse me 15 ish years ago for me like their gluten-free wasn't really as popular as it is now okay so the three things wheat barley and rye so gluten is a group of proteins found in the seeds of grasses also oats technically they are gluten-free but you got to be careful because Due to like cross contamination, like um, with wheat during, you know, how uh, in like a facility or how it's grown or storage or transportation, um, sometimes gluten can be found in the oats as well. So if you eat oats, even though I think oats are garbage food, um, go for certified gluten-free oats, okay? So the number one thing I want to talk about with gluten is glyphosate. Now, glyphosate is the active ingredient in the herbicide Roundup. So glyphosate uh, resides in wheat and other crops. So the problem with glyphosate, just to be super blunt, is it is poisonous AF and it is sprayed on all our conventional foods. Now you hear about it when people go to Europe or they go to Italy and they're eating all the pasta or the pasta, pasta, and um, they're eating bread and they don't have any sort of reaction. It's because the gluten in North America is sprayed with Roundup and the soil that the wheat is grown on or that these crops are grown on is really deficient, especially in sulfur. And you also have to think like grains in themselves are very nutrient void. They're like filler food. They're just loaded with carbs. They may have a little bit of fiber, but they don't have a wide spectrum of vitamins and minerals like a steak or like some salmon. So first off, even even non-gluten grains, they're not like Don't think of them as like these super nutrient-rich food. And then also, how do we get our nutrients? We get our nutrients from the soil. And if the soil is deficient and then it's sprayed with poison, well, it's just this toxic cocktail, to be honest. Now, moving on to point number two, glyphosate can disrupt or kill the bacteria in our guts. Or it can cause an overgrowth of pathogens, possible IBS, not to mention uh, the gut becoming more permeable, aka more leaky. So think of your gut as your immune system, okay? That is where 70% of your immune system lives. And if glyphosate is disrupting the harmony, the neighborhood, and junking up the place, well, that's going to have an outward effect of how your energy is, how you're digesting your food, um, if you're getting sick, okay, this all is super important. All your, you know, uh, your melatonin is made in your gut. Most of it is made in your gut. Some of it is, you know, made in your pineal gland that squirted out, but most of it is made in your gut. Neurotransmitters are made in the gut. Like the gut, all digestion, all, not all of the digestion, sorry, all absorption, 90% of absorption happens in your small intestine. And if your small intestine is leaky or we're having some uh, issues with the brush borders, with you digesting the food, with your body able, with the microvilli actually be able, 
actually being able to absorb those nutrients. Or if your gut is leaky and, you know, more stuff is coming into general circulation, coming into the bloodstream that shouldn't be there, well, this is a massive problem. So, your mucosal barrier, okay? So, when people think of the mucosal barrier, maybe you've heard this, maybe you haven't. We, they generally think of the gut, right? They think of, okay, the mucosal barrier, the gut. Now, we have mucosal barriers all throughout our bodies. And I want you to think of a mucosal barrier as kind of your second skin. It's where like the outside world meets the inside world. So you actually have mucosal barriers in your nose. You have mucosal barriers in your lungs. You have mucosal barriers uh obviously all through your entire digestive tract. You have mucosal barriers if you're a female in your vagina, right? It's when the outside world meets the inside world. And we want to think of it as this second skin that protects toxins and pathogens and stuff that shouldn't come into our bodies, uh, shouldn't come into general circulation to have that strong barrier to protect us from all the stuff from the environment around us that we're ingesting, that we're putting on our skin, that we're eating, that we're breathing in, okay? So got back to, so mucosal barrier, we want a strong mucosal barrier and gluten can penetrate that mucosal barrier and cause it to be more leaky and more susceptible to damage and more susceptible to things that shouldn't come into our bloodstream come into our bloodstream. So a lab that we run is referred to the mucosal barrier assessment and to simplify it just well it does a lot of things but I'm just going to simplify it. Um, We measure a protein a peptide referred to as zonulin and if it is elevated that's telling us that the gut is more chronically opened. So the gut itself is supposed to open up acutely when there's like too much trash coming into the body. There's a mechanism where zonulin will open up and we'll get that out of potentially going into general circulation. But if zonulin is high all the time, that means it's not an acute response. That's a chronic response and the gut is leaky. Now research has shown that even if there is no immunological response to gluten, it still stimulates the production of zonulin, which can increase gut permeability. And this is not a good thing. I like to kind of explain it like everything you eat, everything you ingest, you know, there it's really unregulated you could put anything into your body right um but your body is really intelligent so i like to think of it like this it's like anybody can be in line for this like super elite club anybody can be in there underage people people who are super intoxicated people who are going to start fights and then there can be just like the people that are going there to have a good time people that are going there to have a few cocktails dance around and have a good time so the mucosal barrier think of it as the bouncer the mucosal barrier is super important of of uh, determining who's coming into the club, who are the elite people coming into the club, okay? But when the mucosa, we want that strong mucosa barrier, but when the mucosa barrier, there, it's opening, there's uh, leaky gut, there could potentially be uh, hyper 
Uh, it's referred to as microvilli damage or crypt hyperplasia where the villi, which does where we absorb the nutrients, is crushed. So we're not able to fully absorb the nutrients. So think of the bouncer just like getting punched out and or maybe that's not the right word, but getting thinking of the bouncer as like just not being in his like fit, intimidating state, not able to bring the pop, proper people in or if the mucosal barrier is damaged, anyone's coming in anyone's coming into the club and that's problematic anybody coming into the gut into the bloodstream so yes gluten no good because it can signal zonulin to open which is we don't want zonulin to be chronically opened now common symptoms of people who have gluten who have are having a difficult time with gluten digestive issues gas bloating abdominal pain, constipation, diarrhea, and so many, so often people think, well, I just have this symptom. I've always kind of just had watery runs. It's just how I am. Or, you know, I kind of just get a little bit of discomfort after I eat. This is just, you know, this is just my body. And I'm going to say that's a crock of BS. Okay. No one's supposed to feel like crap after they eat food. There's something, some form of dysbiosis, something that is out of balance in your body. Other things, you know, brain fog, because uh, those people that shouldn't be getting into the elite club are getting through and they can give us brain fog. Um, poor cognitive function, fatigue, irritability, um, just joint pain, like so many things are not good from eating gluten. So to recap, again, the glyphosate and gluten, it's, I just refer to it as toxic soup. It's adding to your toxic load. It's not a nutrient. It's draining your vital reserve, if anything. And then secondly, we want to look at how gluten can actually penetrate the mucosal barrier. It can actually cause zonulin to open up and allow those people that shouldn't those are, we only want the elite people coming in, okay? And what I mean by that is your body only wants to grab the nutrients, pull the nutrients that we actually want that we're like, yes, let's bring this into our bloodstream. Let's bring this into the liver. Let's use these nutrients. We only want the elite stuff, okay? We don't want the toxins. We don't want the pathogens. We don't want undigested food going into our gut. That's when we have sensitivities. That's when we have allergies. That's when we have brain fog. That is when we just don't feel good. And the third thing, kind of what I mentioned is just all the symptoms we can get. And just all the symptoms we can get. And again, just because a symptom is is uh, common does not mean it is normal. So what I encourage you to do is remove gluten. There's so many options like wheat, barley and rye okay you can get rid of that there's so many options you can have in set instead of that right like you can get gluten-free bread you can have gluten-free cookies you can do rice if you want pasta you can do gluten-free pasta like there's not really an excuse to not have gluten and that's just my own biased opinion because there's so many options you can get that are gluten-free so if this episode If you learned a thing or two from this episode, you're looking at things from a different perspective, you want a little bit more information on gut health or anything, send me a DM on the Instagrams at Marja Chow. I love hearing from you guys. And again, I will be launching my new program, Lab Fit Nutrition, where clients will be able to run all these labs and find out so much about their inner ecology, connecting the dots, finding where the deficits are, where we need to add a little bit more money, where we need to bring 
bring up your vital reserve and where all your potential healing opportunities are. So if you're interested in learning more about LabFit Nutrition, I will put the link to join the waitlist and you'll be first to know when doors open for enrollment, when I'm taking new clients on, and also some special promos for the first five clients that come on board. So thank you so much for listening, press and play, and have a beautiful, amazing, gorgeous, stunning rest of your day. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed what you heard, make sure to subscribe to the podcast. And if you feel you got some extra value from this episode, it would mean the world to me if you could head over to Apple Podcast or whatever service you're listening to this podcast on, drop a five-star review. Let me know your thoughts on the show. Doing this really helps more people like yourself find the podcast. And if you're not already following me on social media, right now is the time. You can find me on Instagram at Marja Chow for all your nutrition tips, tricks, and inspiration, or visit my website at fatfueledfemale.com where you can download my free seven-day keto meal plan with recipes. Thanks so much for tuning in, and I will catch you next week.